Hello, what have we here? Welcome to the IDP Nation Podcast, the Factory Sports Network's IDP-centric show. We're your hosts, Dan Cook and Daryl Winston. Are you ready for some tenacious IDP discussion? We've got you covered from the LV1 Year Taxi Squad. This is IDP Nation. And we're back again here. If you haven't gotten enough of us this past couple weeks with three episodes a week, uh, we're actually going to have four this week. Uh, yes. Today, we are going to have a special guest from gridironratings.com. You may have heard him on some other shows here in the past couple months. His name is Jeff DiMatteo. And I got that right. I, I know some other <laughs> other hosts have had some difficulty with that name, but uh, I, I think right. I nailed, you nailed it. it. You okay. nailed it, and uh, I'm very excited that you nailed it because I was waiting to see how that was going to play out. <laughs> see, there, there's a lot of uh, Italian names in Delco as we were talking about previously on air. So, uh, so plenty of practice at the at the Italian names. I'm assuming that's Italian name. Correct. French. It's French. French. Okay. No, no, it's it's definitely Italian. I'm sorry. <laughs> uh, I was gonna say I don't see French there, but uh, yeah. anyway, we've been having a lot of fun pre-show uh, here. Uh, we've we've been chatting a while, and we finally decided to hit record here. Um, maybe I should have done it open bar style and just hit record randomly and just let us go, but uh, I, I didn't. Uh, so Daryl, how are you? Daryl's back there too. Yeah, I'm over here. I'm doing just fine. Yes, I'm just over fine, this dandy. freaking humidity down here, man. It is just yes. Oh my god. There's you an interesting. Yeah, there's an interesting uh, meme somebody sent that was uh, something about the 11 seasons of Pennsylvania. And Jeff, you'd know this, <laughs> you know, being around New Jersey area for part of your life. Uh, how there's like uh, winter, uh, fake spring, second winter. <laughs> Uh, real spring and, and and it went through and then it had uh, front porch of hell listed as <laughs> you are here. So that that's the weather here in in Oxford is uh, front door of hell. You walk outside, it feels like you're in Nevada in the desert. Like it's ridiculous. Oh, it's it's the same here. I mean, yeah. I can go to work at seven o'clock and by eight o'clock you can walk out in the warehouse or whatever and you can just feel it it's just so freaking heavy and humid and soggy and you're just like Fuck yeah. this, imagine training camp in this uh weather oh, oh man i couldn't imagine yes mm. i so, couldn't imagine well we're gonna chat with jeff here about his gridiron ratings and uh yeah. you know we're interested uh you know and we got some questions for him and he's gonna straighten sure. us out a bit about what his gridiron ratings are and uh daryl i think we have some news and notes for everybody here you just talked over this drop that's okay good news everyone okay so what we got for us uh we've got a few non-idp but we'll get to them in a minute um so the idp we've got the chiefs chris jones it looks like he could be a candidate for a possible holdout he's wanting a contract um not sure what the Chiefs are thinking. Um, they have Mahomes coming up. They have to deal with Tyreek Hill. So 
It'll be interesting to see what they do with Chris Jones. I just drafted him, man. Doesn't he know he's got to make it to camp? I just drafted him <laughs> in my eliminator because he was averaging some crazy number of points per week last year. Yeah. I mean, it, especially at a D-tackle designation, especially he's huge, D-tackle. man. But uh, apparently they are very far apart from what I can understand. And they're in negotiations. See, yeah, I think I some mean, of these I, guys just don't want to go to camp. They're like, let me just pretend I want to hold out and get some more money. Well, don't go to camp. They'll wash away my feet, my you know, late fees. Kind of interesting that he's uh, looking for a deal comparable to your guy, Frank Clark, which had, I see reading here, it says $63.5 million in guarantees. The Chiefs are wanting something in the 45 to $50 million range, so they're a little ways off, so yeah. it'll be interesting to see what he does. But I think he plays. We'll see. Yeah, I would think so. I mean, it's early in preseason, so all this stuff is just going to get you all riled up. And yeah, yeah, I personally never worry about worry about they're actually missing like preseason time. Right. Guy misses a game in the preseason, or he starts getting to that second week of the preseason. I start to get a little nervous then, but this is probably going to blow over. And the Chiefs with the Tyreek Hill situation, and they're talking about re-upping yeah. him, or yeah, you never know. I feel like Jones should be their top priority right now over Hill. But, yeah. uh, you know, we'll know more in about two weeks, I think. Yeah. And then staying with this theme, one that is a little concerning is Jadavian Clowney. He didn't reach a deal with the team before the deadline, so he's going to be playing, which he hasn't signed it yet, but he's going to be playing on the franchise tag. Well, he's um, uh, taking them to court over which tag he wants to sign, the linebacker right. tag or the defensive end tag. And I, I mentioned on Twitter after I read that, I'm like, well, whatever this court case decides, we should <laughs> on MFL, that should follow suit because, I mean, obviously a court of all. Uh, Jimmy Graham a few years ago. He yeah, wanted Jimmy get... Graham wanted to be paid as a wide receiver. Right, so this is kind of a very similar situation. Yeah. Either way, although I, th- I think Jimmy Graham's situation was a little cloudier than this. Like, yeah, I mean this is cloudy, but you know, defensive end. I mean, he rushes. You know, he does. But I kind of think that he this is it. You know, if he plays on the franchise tag for this year, I think he's done as a Texan because done. of the injury issues that he's had throughout his career. So I don't know how you let your 101 guy leave though, like after his rookie deal. Like he, he just basically should have taken somebody else to the 101 at that point. Yeah, I mean it's it's crazy, but it's possible. I mean we'll see. I don't know if the Texans will cave and give him what he wants or or whatever. Maybe he's just doing this as a, a power play, trying to bluff them into something. But uh, well, the Texans don't have a GM right now, so. Yeah, so this is one of the more intriguing. It's like the owners making the call here because possible holdouts right now. So yeah, yeah. I think it ends up the Bucks going to stop with Bill O'Brien. I think he's really the the invisible hand that's controlling the whole thing right now. Yeah. And I look at Clown Ennis when he's on the field, but yep. I'm getting this like unshakable sense of of deja vu because I feel like we went through this with Terrell Suggs like a few years back with the Ravens. He was looking at a, a franchise tag, and it was linebacker, D-end, and they kind of went through that. And I could be mistaken, but I feel like there might be precedent for this, which is why that court case might get thrown out. Yeah. Probably. Yeah, I do remember that now that you mention it, because I'm yep. like, oh, you know, because uh, 
I was fortunate enough that if the when I owned Terrell Suggs in his prime, uh, my commissioner allowed us to petition to have a position change if NFL.com or the team listed them as a different position. And then, you know, on our MFL, you have commissioner power. You can change the position. So if your league rules allow that, you can petition to say, hey, you know, the, the, the Baltimore Ravens call him a defensive end, you know. Give me, give me him as a defensive end. So, yeah. Um, up next, we have fifty-seven million dollar extension. So he's locked up. Uh, he's not going anywhere. We missed the first part of that. Who was that? Deion Jones. Deion Jones. Uh, yes, yes, yeah. yes. So he's not going anywhere. He's a Falcon for the next four years. Yes, and uh, Bobby Wagner's next. Bar you're set. Hoping. You're hoping. So four years, what, a $58 million? Sound uh, good? It was four years, 57 so I don't know what So Wagner. four for 58 Bobby Wagner gets a little bit more than him and calls him back. He might. Well, that's what Wagner's going to say. He's going to say, oh, I want sure. more than him. I'm better than him. And yep. It, it, you know. Deion Jones isn't going anywhere, so, you know. It's not like you can get him, so yep. you're going to have to pay up. So yep. Seattle, just do this. <laughs> just I think they will, too. The man. I do, too. I, I think they have to. They've let so many other defenders go, and, and most of that had to do with age, I think. Yeah, but Frank talent. Clark was an age issue. Uh, Frank Clark was a – I don't think they thought he was as good as they were going to pay him for. Well, they're wrong because he is good. He's good. He's, he's good. very good. He's he's good. I, I think they were just trying to marry the price tag to his role on the defense. Yeah. And, right. and that's where, as an organization, you have to make these calls where it's like, okay, well, Frank Clark in this position doing X, Y, and Z, is he really worth a contract we would pay to, I don't know, give me an elite-level defensive end, you know? Right. I, and I think Seattle probably made the call knowing they were going to have to pay Wagner and they were going to want to pay him. Yeah. And, and yeah, Russell Wilson had just signed that massive extension, so their cap number was shrinking by the by the day. So, right. And then our next piece of news is the Bills. I found this one interesting. The Bills signed safety Kirk Coleman, who was a former Panther under McDermott when he was down there leading the defense. Yeah, but they have starters in Poyer and Hyde. But behind him, behind those two, they don't have a whole lot. So there could be a role for uh, Coleman. Yeah, I mean, maybe on third downs he comes yeah. in and, you know, maybe Poyer or probably Hyde, I would think, might be able to slip out to the slot. You know, we, we talked about the Bills before right. um, a couple weeks ago. They, they, they have good starters in place at corner and safety. So this is maybe just a depth move, leadership move. Yeah, I think so. Plus, he's familiar with what McDermott wants and runs, so yeah, makes good sense. I mean, he could he maybe push Hyde out of the way. You never know. That was my initial thought. If Hyde doesn't perform, then Coleman will step in, or God forbid, if there's an injury to Poyer or Hyde, yeah. he'll. That's a good quality backup to have. So yeah, yeah, I think they like Hyde as a developmental player. I mean, he's he's still a good, solid young safety. You bring in Coleman, he's that mentor now to both guys. Right. And uh, you hit it on the head when you said, hey, you know, he knows what McDermott wants to do. He's been in the system. 
Yep. That is so key when you talk about this point in the game and everybody's still a couple of years in the system, but it doesn't hurt to have that extra veteran presence in the in the meeting room. Right. And then my last Melvin Gordon wants to hold out for a new contract and now Ezekiel Elliott is making uh, a fuss about a new contract. Apparently he's planning on traveling overseas during training camp. So uh, <laughs> as the running backs turn. As they turn. Yeah, I don't it's, know. It's like, a mess. And, and maybe the running backs are trying to band together to say we're being basically killed for three years and then sent to go sent out the pasture basically mm-hmm. um and then they're just trying to say hey we deserve to get paid you know because you're going to use them up use us up and then toss us aside and, and i don't think either pulls a levy on bail i don't I, think I don't, so I, don't, I mean that's you know you could say what you want to about levy on bail but that right there is the truest form of sticking to your guns. Yeah. Sitting out a whole year. I mean, you got to applaud him for that. The right difference in the two situations, though, is Ezekiel Elliott and Melvin Gordon are still under contract and can be fined every day they miss. Whereas Le'Veon Bell never signed his tender and was never That's under true. contract. So Gordon and Elliott are facing fines and, you know, it's actually worse than that for Gordon and Elliot because they haven't accrued enough service time to actually yeah. become free agents yet. So if they don't report, so for Gordon, if it's not by week eight, I think, and for Elliot, it's by August 2nd. Yeah, it's some they, they can early miss the service thing. time markoffs and they'll lose that accrued time towards becoming an, un, an unrestricted free agent. Or, unrestricted free agent yeah i think they so, both lose a year i think's what i read yeah I and with the life expectancy of a running back you can't do that like that's you're yeah. you're throwing money away they, the they'll one- they'll prove their point they'll probably miss a few days at camp each and then come in and i heard somebody say about elliot he's got a little bit more um leverage than gordon because Gore, uh, the chargers have austin eckler behind him Dallas doesn't have anybody. Tony Pollard, Mike yeah. Weber, they don't have anybody behind Elliott. So they don't, don't sleep on Tony Pollard. No, I'm not sleeping on him. <laughs> I actually like Tony Pollard, but I'm thinking Jerry Jones is going to get a little gun shy and say, hey, you know what, we're, we're, we're not going to let him sit out. Yeah, but like, the, Elliott's like, got to come in earlier than Gordon. So, you know, does he really want to lose that year of service? I mean, right. And, and trust me, if there's anything that Ezekiel needs right now is just to get into camp and get the football. Because when he's not in the football camps, games, situations, he just does dumb stuff. So <laughs> he needs he needs football to keep him, like you know, from pushing over security guards and doing all that dumb stuff that he's done. <laughs> just imagine the stuff we don't know about that he's done. You know. Oh. I'm sure there's just a litany of things that we don't even know that he's done. I'm sure. Just so many parking violations. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Well, you, you, uh, we, we didn't mention that, uh, JJ Watt is, uh, starting the training camp on the pop list. I'm not too worried. I mean, there's a couple others, but 
I think it's early. Well, you know, last year you, you said Joey Bosa started the the training camp with the pup list, and it was the end of the world. And keep rubbing and that in my face. I was, I was right too, wasn't I? So, oh, he's only going to so, miss a game. So we're not going to be concerned about JJ Watt missing time. Mm, no, not right now. I think that's more of a precaution for him. Okay. Or DeAndre Hopkins, or uh, you missed no, Todd Davis uh, straining. Oh yeah, I did. Cash. I actually have that right down. Yeah, that's down. a big time problem. We yeah, talked he... with Ethan Turner a few weeks back. You talked with him last night. Did you? Did you? Uh, yeah, we actually did touch on that. He's expected to miss three to four weeks. And he could uh, well, injure his Achilles, if I remember our conversation about injuries before. Yeah, right? that's it's, kind of what high he, risk. He kind of related it to um, Kevin Durant, you know, yeah. having one injury and coming back too soon and caused another injury. So, yes. yeah, I think this is big for Josie Jewell because if Dave is out, Josie Jewell is the man. He's it. And uh, which – you know, if you've been following me on Twitter, I have posted a deep sleeper. AJ Johnson is a one to I would roster just in case. I mean, you never know. Yeah, makes it makes them maybe regret getting Brandon Marshall shipped off. Well, yeah, I mean, yes and no. I know. He's, yeah, I mean, the age veteran. I think is what got Marshall out. But yeah. if this thing with Davis lingers on, then yeah, they're going to miss him. But I think they'll be all right. I think Josie Jewell, you're going to – even if Davis is healthy, I think Josie Jewell's going to assume the number one linebacker there. He's just ready to roll, so. Yeah. Tis the season for breaking news and gluing your eyes to the NFL Network for the next four weeks. And... Yeah, I tend not to get too worked up or too concerned. I don't, unless – just injuries. Injuries can be – I mean, killer. unless it's a major injury, yeah, but I mean – you know, these holdouts and stuff, you know, the first few weeks, I kind of don't. The holdouts, I don't get. It's the injuries. It's the training camp battles. It's the. Yeah, but these pup things with like JJ, I'm not too concerned right now. Now, if it continues on and it looks like he's not going to be ready for the start of the season, then I'll start worrying. But yeah. So anyway, is that about it? Yeah, that's it. Okay. And I'll be so, right back. All right. So. We'll get into our main event here. We brought in Jeff to talk about his gridiron ratings and some ADP talk and some other things related to that. Um, and you, you kind of equated your ratings to uh, giving a score like a Madden rating. And, and one of the funny things that I kind of said was, uh, did you... Uh, update your ratings to reflect the new Madden ratings. It's a <laughs> I did enjoy that actually. We were off yes. there. That was it, it. Definitely tickled me in a in an area right around. You can't see, but I'm gesturing at my chest area here. Um, I did not. The actual Madden ratings have no bearing on the gridiron ratings whatsoever. But uh, we do take into account almost as many pieces of data. Daryl's still waiting on a word from our, our sponsors here. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so that's um so that's pretty cool. You you are kind of like that Madden guy that creates the ratings then. You don't actually use the Madden ratings. So I I I, I listen to a lot of podcasts and sometimes the information gets jumbled in the head. So I did hear you on a couple other podcasts. Um and so 
now that we've got that clarified, um, <laughs> what are what are some of the I guess major components? You know, you don't have to give away the, uh, the the complete recipe, so to speak. But what are some major components in the gridiron ratings that you have? Well, the biggest one is going to be performance. Uh, this is going to be past performance and projected future performance. Uh, I do take in an entire career arc, and I put specific emphasis on the last three years and the upcoming season. Uh, you know, I grade this out based on how fantasy points. So I don't just say, well, I think this guy's a great tackler, so I'm going to give him a 99. Like, right. it doesn't work like that. What I do is I take in, in order to score a 99 in any given category, you have to be better than the best guy over the last five years. So when I take a look at it and I say, okay, here's where the league has been the last five years it sets a benchmark and then I can go in and evaluate everybody else's performance from, you know, say tackles or forced fumbles or interceptions, et cetera. Right. And then I can tie that against that benchmark. And that helps me to set the rating and say, okay, well, Hey, this guy has been, you know, uh, 78% as good as the best guy. So he's going to get a 70 overall. At least in that right. uh, but the next part of it is opportunity. So, I mean, in order to have great performance, you've got to be on the field. You have to have an opportunity to play. So opportunity takes into account things like play calling, uh, total snaps played, if applicable, um, you know, just anything that puts you on the field and is impacting your ability to collect points on the field. So uh, it's kind of a jumbled, like, 30-point process to get to opportunity. But the biggest nuts in it are, you know, get me on the field. So how many plays are you on the field? how many chances do you have to make a play versus the best guy over the last five years? Um, next part, availability. Can you stay on the field? Are you always hurt? You know, it's like there's always that guy every year. We can count it like clockwork. Guy's amazing, right? Plays 12 games every year. Can't get him to 16. Uh, that is going to drag your rating down in my system because as fantasy players, we need consistency, right? We need guys that we can plug and play in our lineup week one through week 16 or 17, whatever your playoffs end, and you've got to be available. And then, of course, the last part is ADP. You know, a lot of guys, hey, they're going to go draft Pat Mahomes in the second or third round. Cool. His fantasy point projection may only be nine points better than a guy you'll get in the eighth round. So what are you giving up? It's your, it starts factoring in that opportunity cost of drafting a guy. So just because you look at a score and you say, okay, well, hey, this guy's got a 99 rating it's a 99 rating at his adp so a guy that goes at 120th overall and has a 99 he may not be a 99 if he's going 20th overall and so Correct. all of these things start to play into a bigger kind of melting pot that plugs into the overall rating which is kind of my you know my go-to number where i say okay what's his overall cool he's an 85 I can get him at pick 110. Perfect. That's my target. And it helps me to set a bullseye at different points in the draft on different players. And I can start to have my roster pre-built before I even walk into the draft. That's very cool. As a, as a math guy, I, I like all the numbers and all the stats and all the, the percentages and all that stuff. Uh, the, the linguist listeners may be pulling their hair out like, what are these numbers? You know, all these numbers. Just tell me, tell me in words. You know, uh, which you did yeah, a good I'm job of breaking down. Too, so I, I find all this very intriguing. You know, we were talking about it before the show, and it's it's neat to see that someone can put a quantifying number on all this. 
Yeah, yeah. That's, I think, one of the biggest things is, you know, being able to... And it's kind of cool because, you know, we, we talked, we joked about Madden rankings, you know, and how they're, you know, they came out and everybody's freaking out over them. But that's what somebody has put time and effort into taking all their attributes and kind of compiling them into, hey, this is what they come up with. So um, we talked about wow. Demarius Randall being, you know, getting a high Madden rating when we think of him as like a second or third tier safety, but he, he's rated yeah, pretty I'm, high in Madden. You know, in my gradings, Randall, he's he's a uh, safety two slash three. I mean, you don't think of him as a top safety. That's actually where I have him. He falls right in that safety 2-3 area. Yeah, uh, yeah. It looks like, just at first glance here, he actually gets uh, an 80.51 overall, and that's based on an ADP north of 250. Um, ADP scores have been hard to get a real consistent marker on, yeah, so if they're yeah. outside of the top 250, they're all just getting a 250. Um, but, I mean, that's, yeah, he's right on that safety 2-3 kind of borderline, depending on the on the league type you're in. So I'm assuming most leagues, if they're playing with full defense, they're running four or five safeties on their roster. So it'll put them right in that category. Yeah, and we're trying our best and and, and um, to try to get some ADP information out there because yeah. it is it and, is tough. And we we've been working with a couple sites, so I'm trying to kind of collaborate with with some people doing drafts and things like that, just to get some good data because. Yeah. Getting IDP, ADP data is just it's brutal. Brutal because you, you're <laughs> you're trying to look at this, but then you got like it's funny because when somebody times out on one of these, they get like uh, Sam Acho because alphabetical <laughs> order dictates yeah. that he's the top ADP guy, and we're like, no, that should not be the case. So I've got one for you here, Jeff. That's kind of looking through your rankings, and okay, this is a. Uh, this is one that's really intriguing. Dan will kind of be interested in this. When you've got Desmond King, why so low on him? Let me actually and, pull him up for you. And does it factor in his return abilities and stuff like that? Does not factor in the return ability. So there's no return yards, no return touchdowns. This is strictly defensive point scoring when you look at this mechanism. So when you right. go into the offensive points, it's strictly offensive points. No return yards, nothing like that. I discontinue all of the special team stuff because those points, more times than not, only impact a handful of players in the league. And more, a lot of those guys are sitting on the bench when they're scoring those points. So okay. it just doesn't make sense for me to put a lot of emphasis and time into tracking all that data down. No, because that makes it's, sense. Uh, but yeah, Desmond King right now, he's a little bit lower. And a big part of that has to do with, I actually have a pretty low opportunity score for him. Really? And, and some of that, that is... Kind of surprises me because of the way that the Chargers use him. Because in Dan can tell you, in some of the leagues that we've drafted him, actually one league, me and him's co-owners, Desmond King was the top scoring corner in the league, and he was among the top 20 overall in an IDP-only league. And in, in a lot of my leagues, he is... Despite being a corner, he is a top-scoring fantasy scorer, so I'm kind of wondering why so low on your rankings. So when I pull that up, that's just the raw data that I get out of all of the – where is he lined up? Has he lined right. up on the outside? Has he lined up inside? How many snaps has he been on the field? How many games has he played? All of that's being factored in, right. and 
this it's just kind of what the algorithm kicks out at that point. So for me, I'm looking at this and I'm saying they've had too much depth at corner. He's had to take too many plays off, but when he's in, he is making some big plays because his performance score is still, you know, hovering higher than it probably would be for players around him. Like right. I've got him hovering, you know, there's some other players similar overalls, you know, like a Stefan Gilmore is a similar overall, but he doesn't get targeted. You know, when people go his way, he gets points because he knocks away passes. He'll get a tackle. He'll get an interception. You know, King is kind of the same way. He's making big impact plays, but he's not being the primary target. People aren't just blowing him up and making it that he's your IDP focus. And one of the things I guess Dan can, again, Dan can tell you, with King, he's one of the few corners because he'll mostly play in that slot corner situation. Mm-hmm. But he's one of the few corners that teams blitz heavily. I mean, he'll the Chargers use him as a blitzer a lot. Another player like that is Mike Hilton of Pittsburgh. They like to blitz him a lot too. So maybe that has a is skewed a little bit, you know, in our leagues because of the weather score. You know, some leagues score sacks real heavy or whatever. But for me, it's the opportunity as you said, the opportunities, because not every corner gets to blitz like that. Not every team blitzes their corners like that. Well, and you're right. There's not every team does that. I'm actually looking at Mike Hilton as we speak. You mentioned him, so I pulled him back up. He has a very similar rating. He has a lower performance score, but his opportunity rating still in that low 40s area. Right. And those are high-impact plays. So you get a sack, a lot of times you're getting – I don't know, two points, four points, six points. Maybe you're getting more for tackle for loss, QB hit, and they start to compound. So it's a high-impact one play. But what what I try to look for when I set this up is how safe is that floor? If I'm watching him in a game, is he getting me a point per play? Is he getting me a point per three plays, point per ten plays? So if he gets me a sack and a half and knocks away two passes – really only four plays out of the 60 or so that he might have been on the field you know did he have an impact on the play so it hurts his opportunity compared to say linebackers or some defensive linemen etc right no that makes sense i was just curious because i know there's always some um what's the word uh anomalies to these you're always going to have some exceptions or whatever and i i know just by some of the leagues that I'm in, King is one that usually skies, scores pretty high as a defensive back. And I just I noticed in your rankings he was kind of low, and I thought, well, that's intriguing. So, but yeah, that makes sense, total sense what you're saying. Yeah, and that does impact him a little bit, and I say a little bit, I mean pretty significantly because he's being compared, albeit unfairly, to you know tackle monster strong safeties and you know, some free safeties oh, yeah, that yeah. get to play quite a bit where it's maybe not a true free strong situation. It's basically just they play left and right safety. Um, and, and those numbers can kind of depress cornerbacks pretty badly. So if I did just corners and I went and I changed that part of the algorithm, I have a sneaking suspicion he would be much higher. Right. Okay. So I, I do see some rookies listed in your gridiron ratings and they've never stepped on an nfl field before so how do you work them into your uh, algorithms and things to to project i guess forward what they do this coming year well the first thing i have to do is i grind down a unicorn horn and i put the whole powder (laughs) in my cereal and then i just start spitting out numbers um, so here's the (laughs) sorry that's a little weird um (laughs) 
it's all right. So when it comes to rookies, all I can do is project based on, you know, size, speed metrics, right? I can project on their production from college. You know, who does the guy compare to in the league? Is that guy playing in the role he's going to be in in the league? And then I have to start coming up with what are my two or three archetypes for this player? And then I find a few players that fit the archetype. And that's how I start to come up with some numbers on a, this is what I can expect from a missed tackles per- percentage or a made tackles percentage. This is what I can expect from a converted interception versus a tipped pass. Uh, forced fumbles, fumble recovery, super fluky. Um, I just have to try and work with whatever I can find in the archetype. Rookies are a mess. And I'm not going to sit here and tell you that I'm the ace at pro- projecting rookies. And right. anybody who tells you they are is completely full of it. Because it's all popcorn in the pan, and yep. you know some pop and some don't. You just never know who's got it between the ears to actually make it. Yeah, yeah absolutely. There, there've been guys that we thought were going to be like, like Khalil Hodge this year. We thought was going to be oh, drafted, you know, early day three. I think would've been fair. And you know what? I've got to admit, I was, I'm stunned right now because I can do Dan, a quick Google Dan, search to see if he's invited to a training camp, but I don't think he is. Dan can tell you I was so high on Khalil Hodge, and I still am. For the life of me, I just don't understand why he's not on a roster somewhere being given a chance. I mean, he had over 400, almost 450 tackles in his four years at Buffalo. I mean, he put up – I know his competition level wasn't that great. He had a few flaws, but, I mean, you can't tell me that there's not a team somewhere that could use a kid like that. And I'm just stunned that he's not on a roster somewhere. That actually reminds me of a guy who played at Iowa State back in like 2006 and seven, named Alvin Bowen. He ended up being drafted by the Bills in like the sixth round or something. The guy was a tackling machine. I only remember this guy and know this guy because I happened to work for the team when he was there. And I've never seen anything like him on the field. He was a low draft pick, didn't pan out, washed out in a couple of years. Just some guys who have that ultra high production. There's something about you know, the scheme, the fit, the who they're playing, like maybe it's individual coaching. I have no idea, but it's just another example of what you're talking about. Right. Some yeah. guys are amazing in college, Tim Tebow. Some <laughs> guys can't play in the pros, Tim Tebow. And, you know, you, you there's just no way to truly understand or know it. Yeah, but the thing with Tim Tebow, at least he got a shot, you know? And that's – don't get me started on that, but <laughs> – Sorry. That was, uh, I didn't mean to, like, <laughs> poke the bear here. Yeah. <laughs> But, you know, yeah, even though he's a Gator, I think he's he got done wrong in the NFL, but I, I'll stop. But it's just amazing that Khalil Hodge is not even getting that opportunity. I mean, yeah. no team has picked him. That, is, to me, is freaking crazy. There's something in the profile that's that's keeping him depressed. It, it's got to be. I, I And I yeah. don't know what it is because, you know, Dan does the rookie guide. He puts it all out there for us. And he can tell you, I was high on Khalil Hodge way back before even last year. Yeah, a couple and, years, really. Yeah, and, you know, I watched the tape, and I, I see it. I mean, he has some flaws. He does. I ain't going to lie. He's not perfect. But you can't tell me that he doesn't deserve to be on the roster. There is quality – well, I ain't going to say quality – significant players in the NFL at the linebacker position that are not as good as him and they have a role. So that to me is just maddening. I I don't understand it. I don't know where you look at the stats and he had like 300 to 400 tackles in college. And it's like, yeah, I mean, it's, yeah. Opportunity was there and he took advantage of it, but you know, 
He played at Buffalo, slightly lesser competition. That he, he, has a little bit to do with it, I, I think. And I don't know. Something something happened. He didn't get invited to the Combine either, I don't think. No, he didn't. And he, I have so certain, I think you know, that has a lot to do with it, too. If you're not invited to the Combine, I think a lot of these teams just kind of say, eh. But he has no off-the-field issues. Yeah. You know? Yeah, I'm not he, saying. I just don't get it. I mean, it's that, to me, is one of the biggest combine snubs and then you don't get invited you know even if you get snubbed by the combine a lot of times if you're good nfl teams will say hey we're going to pick you up we're going to give you a shot and he's not even getting that so yeah. i don't know what it is i'm missing because i have really searched this kid over and i like his game and i think there's a role for him in nfl but why he's not getting that chance i just don't know well you know daryl um get get ready because uh, we'll do a, a special XFL IDP uh, league, <laughs> and maybe you can take him in that, because that's uh, maybe where he's headed, or Canada yeah. or somewhere. I mean, he'll um, he'll land somewhere, and I hope he does, because he's really a good player. Yeah, and maybe, you know, some of these uh, AAF stars uh, got a second chance in the NFL. Right. You know, maybe playing somewhere else and showing he can play will bring him back. But, uh, Looking know. at Jeff's rankings here. Um, Cleo Hodge isn't on there. <laughs> no, he's not on there. No, I was looking I still at have a ton of, I actually have more rookies I have to load in at various positions because they've been so hard to try and project that uh, it's taking me. We're moving into August. I'll probably have them up the first week of August. Right. I mean, and you got, you got at, Ben Gideon on here, which we talked about. Great mustache, not very good IDB player. <laughs> um, <laughs> you know. But looking at your safety rankings, you actually have something that supports something I have been stating for quite a while. You have two Cincinnati Bengal safeties in your top seven. You got Williams at four. You got Bates at seven. Dan knows I'm super high on Jesse Bates. He was a stock market um, weekly, wasn't he, Dan? Each week I was beating the drum for this kid, and people just – you know, I'd go every week and I'd look and he was only owned in 5% of leagues or 6% of leagues. And I'm like, why is he not owned in more leagues with the numbers that he's putting up? And it was crazy because Sean Williams was doing just as good or better. And for 2019, I see both of them repeating last year's numbers because I just don't think the Bengals are going to be that good. And these two are going to be on the field and they are playmakers. So here's part of the recipe for them. There's bad linebacker play. People yeah. can like, you know, the, the vigil kid, and they can like the rookie and all these other guys. Yeah, that are, it got worse. Yeah, they're they're much worse at linebackers. So that yeah. second level for them is terrible, which means more tackle opportunity for those two guys. Absolutely. And then the new coaching staff with a healthy A.J. Green, right. healthy Tyler Boyd, you got right. Joe Mixon. They're generally improved offensively. They're yeah, going to score more points. Line. They've lost two linemen. They, they have, but their offensive line was in tatters last year. And Joe Mixon still had something like, what, uh, two and a half yards before contact per carry? Right. I'm like, not a I mean, Joe Mixon guy, so. Yeah, well, it. But a haterism on my side. That's all right. You can hate him all you like. He's still going to be carrying <laughs> fantasy teams to championships this year. He will. Um, <laughs> but you're talking about those two guys, Bates and Williams, they are interchangeable in these ratings. So when I look at it, I've got Williams at a 93.45, and I've got Bates at a 90.62. They could easily flip-flop because it just depends on who they're playing. So week to week, you could pick and choose, or probably 
both safety ones. You can start them both if you like. Right. But depending on which side the wide receiver one's lining up, that's going to be the week for that guy. Right. Yeah, so. and I'm high on both of those. Uh, I've even convinced Dan uh, in a few leagues he's taking Jesse Bates. I mean, it was um, – yeah. he's just too good not to be rostered. You know, and it was crazy to me because – if you follow me, I do the stock market each week during the season, you know, who's up, who's down or whatever. And every week, like I said, he continued to put up numbers and every week and Dan edits this stuff. He knows I was beating the drum for this kid. And it just seemed like his owned percentage numbers didn't increase. And I'm like, I don't understand why owners are not listening to this. This is crazy. Not to get too much off topic, but I find, and this is something Jeff uh, was kind of talking about with us earlier. Data for IDP is so broken. It is. It is. Because if you looked at own percentages on my fantasy league, it is horribly skewed because it will take the overall number of leagues, mm-hmm. IDP and non IDP. Because, like, I'll look at, I write the sleeper article every week during the season, and I'm looking for low owned sleepers because people don't want me to tell them to pick up the guy that's already on the roster. Right. They want somebody that's on the waiver wire that they can pick up, and, and that's what I try to look for. Looking for percentages like that is such a misleading thing because I could say the guy is 5% owned, but that could mean he's on every single roster that you and, you have 30 leagues he's on every single he's rostered in every league and you so, mentioned nfl but it didn't change during yahoo the espn yeah, yahoo, it doesn't matter it really didn't yeah. change i mean it's it's broken it is and we need to get jeff in on this if he does idp we need <laughs> to get him in on some of these mock drafts we're doing uh we're trying to build that adp yeah. info we're trying to get that out there and set that standard so yeah, there's uh, a, a few outfits out there trying to do some things right now, but unfortunately, I don't think anybody has enough kind of individualized pull to yeah. really make it go. I think it's got to be kind of a uh, an IDP community effort yeah. to almost say, okay, hey, look, this is our common good. We're all going to have to use this data. And that's kind you know. of what we're doing here. I mean, we've got a different, a bunch of different owners from different sites and whatever so yeah i mean if you want in we're we'll be glad to get you in on one and uh, we're we're trying to build this database yeah absolutely yeah and speaking of like so um when you're getting adp data is that difficult for you to get good solid data because that's a part of your formula yeah it's actually insanely difficult and it's been one of the more maddening parts of this entire experience because there's zero consistency anywhere so if you go pull adp data from say fantasydata.com or you go pull it from mfl or you try and pull it from any other sites that are out there you can probably name a few off the top of your heads there's no consistency and some of them are only idp some of them are only mixed right and so there's no way to really tell you know tell what you're getting and to back this up even further dan's not big on reddit but i am and I do a weekly during the season, I do a weekly Q and a, but during the off season, I'm on there and I'll say, Hey, you know, hit me up with questions or whatever. That right there is the single biggest issue that fantasy owners have. They don't know how to value IDP against offense. They don't know when to draft IDP. Um, it's, it's crazy, but I, I, 
it's like you said, there's not enough info out there. So I think they don't know. They're skittish. There's not a, a standard for them. Um, and I'm answering every question that I can, trying to help them everywhere. You know, I'm not opposed to taking IDP early in a draft. Right. You know, right now I'm taking Leonard in a lot of drafts. I will jump the gun and I will start it. I'll take Leonard right off the bat because I know Leonard is a top three IDP guy. Yeah, and those guys are pretty rare. So when you think about a guy that can sneak into, I don't know what, round seven-ish, seven, eight, as an IDP player against your running backs, wide receivers, et cetera, if you're in a mixed league like that where you're playing the entire gamut, Darius Leonard's worth it. I mean, he's I have him at 84 as his ADP because when you look at my ADP rating mm-hmm. and that, that part of the mix, that's taking his ADP score, the mechanism that's used to help assess that rating, is universal from idp through offense and everybody else they're all using the same mechanism so that's why you'll see a lot of adp scores and rating scores are really high for idp because they're all being drafted outside of the top 250 and uh i haven't come up with a better way to assess that yet because there's not enough good data out there so i'm just putting a lot of guys behind the 250 wall and praying that it doesn't jack the numbers up too badly yeah one of the things i was really just getting ready for today trying to look for adp data on my fantasy league and not to you know knock them at all i'm not trying to do that but uh it was all rookies mm-hmm. there were no vets listed because it's rookie, yep. it is rookie draft season and, and you know oh, it is. if you're playing on my fantasy league most of the time you're playing dynasty because that's right. what mfl is built for best yeah. built for you, you know that's do redraft there too kind of where i jumped off right off the bat this year because that you know dan can tell you there's no standard there's no precedent so i opened it up i've posted on twitter i've posted it you know on reddit everywhere i can send me your rookie drafts with idp i don't care if it's just idp i don't care if it's idp and offense send them to me and i've created a, a spreadsheet and i've actually got it posted on reddit where anybody can enjoy this but I'm about 40 to 50 drafts, and it's crazy to look at some of the numbers of where these rookies are being taken. I mean, it's uh, right now Devin Bush. He's the he's the number one rookie, and he's been taken on an average before anybody else. Devin White is second. Um, Joey Bosa is third. But Joey Bosa – or I'm sorry, Nick Bosa. My apologies. Nick Drink. Nick Nick Bosa has, you know, while for a while he was very close to the two Devons, and at one point he might have been first or third in the average draft position, he has now begun to fall. I've seen that. The way, and you can see it on my um, spreadsheet if you follow it, you can see the later drafts, his draft position is beginning to fall a little bit. Does that have to do with the injuries or whatever? Some people believe it's a Bosa thing. They believe that Bosa's Joey and him are just, you know, they're cursed with this Dar- injury. Daryl's the leader of that camp, by the way. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Ben, you got some Bosa, like, voodoo dolls, me Trying to, like, you know, just ram some pens through these kids? and They talked about voodoo <laughs> dolls last night, right? Yeah, no, <laughs> I, we did talk about voodoo dolls. That's crazy. We did. But uh, it's... I don't think it's for everybody, but I do think there's something with the Bosas. It's it's a thing. I don't know how to quantify it. I don't have, know how to back it up just yet, but both Joey and Nick have had 
injury concerns throughout their career. And I I think this is one of those things I don't think it's going to stop. With those so i got to cut you off for a second. No, you're fine. Oh, yeah. I'm on the clock in our IDP only eliminator, the one I'm going to kick Daryl's ass in. Um, Bring we're, it. Right, we're, we're gonna gang up on him 16 Bring of us it. and we're gonna knock him out week one it's full now thank you very much to everybody who joined yes uh, thank you, i am on the clock and so oh, far okay. on this team i have and i'll uh, kill time here for a second i have danielle hunter levante david and jesse bates Ooh. See there, I listen so to you, Jesse Bates. You, you have been listening to me, ain't you? Yes, yes, yes. Look at you. So I think I'm going to go D-tackle this round because the D-tackle numbers are bumped up pretty well. And it looks okay. like a bunch of them are gone. Uh-oh. But Ooh, and I, one went right but, in front of you. The one that but, went right in front of you is one that I would want a lot, Deron Payne. Yeah, and but I, I got a good one here for, for redraft. Uh, not that he's not good for the next couple of years. Uh, I'm going to take. Uh, well, he's gone. Oh, he is gone. Somebody's he's listening gone. to me. He's I like gone. it. Uh, I'm going to take Gino. Gino Atkins. Because he's Gino. a beast. And so I have. Ooh, that's. Is Maurice Hurst still alive? Yeah, you know what? <laughs> I don't have Hunter. David and Bates. You have Hunter, David, and Bates. I know. What are you, why are you trying to steal my guys, dude? You know why? Because I, I, because, uh, because <laughs> I I'm the commish, here, and I was sitting here and I was thinking, you know what? That sounds damn familiar. Why has he got my guy? Because I'm the commish. I, I had, um, yeah, that's funny. Because I'm the commish, I, I it was listed under your name first because you're the quote unquote celebrity for this. That's because uh, I'm the yeah. I'm, I'm the bee's knees, man. Bee's so, knees. That's right. In order, in order for me to you know have I, just just for Jeff, I'm gonna I'm gonna call you this right now. You're a douche dart. You know that. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, in order for me to be, I feel bad for everybody who missed it off the air. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We, we had a conversation about that, but uh, in order for me to get, in, in order for me to get an email when I was on the clock and not you because uh, you weren't in the other one uh, I had to set up my my team on a different like username if that makes sense because right. no, I, I couldn't be the way it was set up I was the franchise one to set everything up and you know I could probably go through some complicated thing of changing commissionership and stuff but Instead, I've just been rolling on my. So uh, you've got Leighton Vander Ash, Demarcus Lawrence, and Jarrell Casey, and you just took Geno Atkins. Atkins. Yes. Wow. So I'm That's happy. I got a lot of Cowboys. I'm not sure how I feel about that. Is but. Maurice Hurst still available? I would guess so. I haven't seen him. You know, I don't know that. What other D tackles are on the board? Just out of curiosity. I like Geno Atkins, but I don't know that I wouldn't have took Maurice Hurst. Uh, right there. I can tell you here. Let's see. So here using, uh, well, if I click the ADP button under my fantasy league, it, uh, it basically just tells me a bunch of alphabetical <laughs> orders. Uh, but we got Indomicon Sue. Trust me, we, we really aren't trying to rip apart anybody, but that's just no. the facts. You know, that's you know, what it is. Don't sleep on Sue this year in Tampa Bay. Don't we do got it. Sue. 
We got Wilkins, uh, Ogan Joby, Dexter Lawrence, Ashawn Robinson, Hargrave, Marcus Hunt, Linval Joseph, Sheldon Richardson. Hargrave is one of the most underrated defensive tackles in the league, by the way. He is. Uh, we got Davin. Well, not Davin. Um, Quinton Williams is still available. Like him, but he's possible holdout right now. Yeah, Maurice yeah, Hurst love- is available. I love some Quinnen Williams. I do, too. Mm-mm-mm. I do, too. And I think he is going to feed up there in New York. I just worry about him being defensive end. The values of the defensive tackle. If he's a defensive I end. I really don't. I don't think he's going to be that defensive end. I don't know that now, he may choice play defensive end, but I don't think he's going to get tagged this one. I don't uh, think yeah. it'll matter. Uh, the guy, is a, he's a monster. Yeah. Uh, I mean. Yeah. I watch, so I watch a little bit of college film, and I say a little bit. I mean, it's quite a lot. the uh, The thing I found with him is that he's probably the closest thing to, and I don't want to say he's like Warren Sapp because he's not as explosive as Sapp was in terms right. of just raw quickness. You're fixing to go with this, but he's he's a similar type player. Doesn't have the same explosion, but man, I love his mean streak. Um, he will quit on a few plays. But man, I think uh, I think I see him as a guy that gets a lot of sacks if he plays in the D, D tackle spot, and if he's in the DN spot, I, I think he could overpower enough tackles, especially in a, uh, yeah. a soon-to-be swinging downward AFC East, that right. he could really make some noise. Yeah. I like him. I like him paired up with Leonard Williams, especially with C.J. Mosley, Avery Williamson, Jamal Adams, Marcus May. That defense is they could be elite and they could be elite real soon. Yeah, I agree. One side note. Me, the thing uh, with Williams, and I love Williams, he's not Ed Oliver. Ed Oliver is the cream of the crop in this whole thing right here. He is nasty. He I is. love Ed Oliver. He yeah. is good old country strong. He that is. guy is going to make a mess of offensive linemen for a very long time. I can tell you, I have been on this guy for what? three years now dan yeah 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 but the thing that but the th- <laughs> he, he was threatening to take him 101 in rookie drafts so. I, you know don't don't tempt me i'll do it no. but the one thing that really opened my eyes even after three years of being on him so much is when he went through the draft process working out for teams you know a lot of teams they were looking at him at defensive tackle a lot of teams were looking at him at defensive end and not because of this is a homer. A couple people were looking at linebacker. But, yes, Mike Vabrell worked him out and worked him out as an outside linebacker. He is that yep. good. And, you know, it's one thing to play defensive tackle, defensive end. And it's one thing to play defensive end, outside linebacker. But when you can play all three of those positions and be dominant at all three of those, chalk it. There's nobody he- better. He's not coming off the field. He nope. and Aaron Donald will be the top two snap getters among IDPs at yes, the sir. end of the season. Yes, sir. And uh, and I think Ed Oliver is the kind of guy where if you didn't take him in your dynasty league, if you had the chance and didn't take him, you're going to be just hating yourself for a yep. long time. You're going to be kicking yourself in the ass that you didn't. Yeah. Yep. One side note here while we're looking at like my pre-draft list here, uh, they still have David Irving like – ranked 60 so 
<laughs> I'm not sure who does the pre. I mean, I, it's Fantasy Sharks that does this, I believe. Yeah. I'm well, it's all based the on their algorithm, though. So they've yeah. got. Uh... They need to fix their algorithm, though, because David Irving <laughs> yeah. is a free agent and suspended for like ever. Yeah, I think it just takes career list. numbers into effect. And yeah. Like, oh, hey, this is how he trends if he were on a team, perhaps. Yeah, I just don't <laughs> get it. I mean, I don't know. There, there's a lot of smart people that do this stuff. and I'm just trying to help them. I'm trying to give them benefit of the doubt. There you go. Because there's some funny things that happen in algorithms. I've seen there, are, there are. There I'm are. There are. I'm just kind of. <laughs> you know, last year, uh, Johnny the Greek and me were. were uh, we're, we were both like yelling at Yahoo, like through like Twitter, like, can you just fix your ADP for, uh, for IDP? Right. Because if you have ever gone through an IDP draft on auto, you end up with like, uh, Sam Ocho and <laughs> fifth string defensive tackles that will be practice squad fodder. Like yeah. you end up with the worst so like if you were in an idp league on yahoo uh you better show up to the draft or you're getting nothing of note i will say one thing fail guys but actually from you know like talking about jesse bates and those with their own uh, league owned percentages yahoo actually is the best at having ADP IDP averages I don't know what they're doing different from ESPN and MFL and all these other fan tracks and all them but for some reason Yahoo has their from what I can tell their ADP averages are better than or more consistent a little more reliable and they're still pardon me for saying this but they're still trash because it's just not a standard there's no rhyme or reason to it but for some reason theirs are better than everybody else's yeah and, and i think until honestly fantasy pros really gets in the adp game on idp uh it's going to just stay that way i think there's going to be too much inconsistency until frankly the community itself stands up and builds a new consensus you know yep. adp and, and ranking system and hopefully uh, we can do this with what me and dan is or dan's putting yeah. and we'd love to get you in on it but yeah it absolutely yeah we definitely need to get something going because there's just not enough good info out there right now. Yeah. And that's what makes it so difficult. And defense is a lot different than offense. I think it's actually a harder game to play because when you're looking at IDP, you need a little bit of luck. There's a little bit of flukiness in what we do here because, you know, you might be a middle linebacker. You might be Luke Keekley. You're amazing, right? You're one of the best in the league, but game script may completely take you out of the game right away. There may not be any run plays getting called early on. You, you might be defending the pass and come away with two fantasy points, you know, or you can go the other way. You're in a game where, hey, they're going to grind the, the clock out. He's going to get 30 tackles. There's just so much flukiness where running backs, wide receivers, quarterbacks, you know they're touching the ball enough to score points regularly, and you can kind of predict it and count on it. If we can get to a point of being able to predict and count IDP, I think more people will play it. And then that's going to help us get the ADP figured out. And all of these other parts will just come together like a giant jigsaw puzzle. Yeah. And the one thing that um, I, I, on the, the read and react show, they were talking about uh, start, sit, 
for IDP and how it is just one of the most mind-numbing things you can try to figure out because no matter how good you are at trying to, to guess and choose and pick about the, it's complete like you said it's completely fluky it's there's no rhyme or reason why sometimes somebody will have a great week and some some weeks they'll do nothing you know right. besides injury injury obviously impacts that but right it's yeah. all educated guesses it's, we yeah, spend it's a lot of time guessing. researching it educate getting educated putting out some content and hoping like hell it helps somebody win their championship you know, it, it is but i do see some consistency like we were talking about Cincinnati safeties, Williams and Bates. You know, that defense supported two top fantasy safeties. And I think it's going to do it again this year because the offense is not going to be that good because there's a lot of people that does not believe in Andy Dalton. There's some people that just don't like Joe Mixon. You know, A.J. Green's had some injury issues. For whatever the reason, that defense, you know, the linebackers are not as good as they was a year ago because they got rid of perfect. So I can see some consistency, some um, – what's the word? For those safeties, you know – Consistent it's, opportunity. Yes. You know, the opportunity and it's consistent. I can see that for them. So those two in particular – I can see Sean Williams and Jesse Bates repeating, if not doing better than they did a year ago. So uh, there is some things that you can do or see to get this info, but we need more. Yeah. Yep. And we could talk at nauseum for hours <laughs> about this, I'm sure. Uh, but, you know, keep that in mind as we uh, IDP, you know, quote unquote experts uh, try to, get information out there we're trying to kind of build uh 80 solid adp first of all and trying to build stuff tools that people can use right and uh to, to bring it back around the gridiron ratings are a tool that take into part a lot of different information that you can kind of put together to uh, make educated decisions about who you want to draft and these different parts you know it's kind of like you know Getting back to, you know, like I consider them to be like Madden rankings. You need, you need a speed guy, you go after a speed guy. You need a guy that's going to be on the field all the time. Uh, that's what the gridiron ratings can do. Uh, I'm sure you have athletic profiles and all built into to all this from the sounds of what you were describing. Um, any last uh, comments about uh, your gridiron but- ratings that you think people should definitely know about before we move on? You know, the the most important thing here is that when you look at the ratings and you see a guy with an 88, just remember that's 88 at his ADP. Doesn't mean jump up six rounds and take him super early and and go grab him. It means that he's a value and a guy you can plan on targeting at a certain point in the draft. And uh, as long as you're using it that way, this will help you build a roster that will help guide you to the playoffs and subsequently championships. Uh, Further, I'm still learning how to build websites. I'm trying to figure this thing out. And uh, due to my own douche tardiness, I... Uh... <laughs> a something for you, Daryl. <laughs> uh... 
sometimes the data gets a little uh, whopper jawed on its way onto the site and uh, it doesn't look quite right. There's a chat button, click it. It's gonna send a message to my phone. If I don't answer immediately, I will. I'm gonna respond to you on there or I'll send you an email, I'll ask for your email address. I'll follow up with you and I'll give you all the detailed information you want on any player you wanna know about. So hit me up, let's talk, let's help win, help some folks win some championships. Yes, and, and Word, WordPress is the devil sometimes. <laughs> so, uh, so we're going to transfer on to our next topic, and we just have one trade, and actually it wasn't uh, wasn't given to us, but uh, I found one. Uh, it's an interesting okay. one. Uh, we, we talked about this league a few weeks ago when i made a, a chain of trades these are not this is not my trade here this time but there was a chain of trades that i made that you guys thought i overpaid for but uh we'll see uh so anyways this is a 32 team single copy league so we're talking deep 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 rosters like if you're on a like i got people scrambling to pick up denver broncos this week because they started announcing guys that that were going to signed and and had a you know smidgen of a chance to do something uh so here is the trade and we'll just kind of go through it here uh the one team gave up clayton thorson george kittle a 2023rd, a 2025th, and they received Brett Hundley, Bradley Chubb, Levi Wallace, a 2021 first. That was it. And I'm sorry, my uh, pausing and uh, no, okay. So Chubb intonation. is the big part. On so Chubb is the Chubb big is part the- on. The one and side Kittle and the, the 2021, on the, the 2021 first. I mean, that's two years away. I know, but uh, so those Chubb are and the 2021 first, and you've so got yeah, Kittle we, and what was the two picks? Kittle and, and Clayton Thorson. Mm. Kittle and the two picks. <laughs> <laughs> I wasn't gonna say it, but I, I was. I was hey, using I, some hey, sarcasm I, there, Daryl. So. Hey, I'm feeling it. I'll say it right out. Clayton or Kittle in the two picks. <laughs> yeah, and to give you a little bit of background, uh, I'm trying to bring up their team rosters here so we can see the, the scoring is pretty balanced. So I don't want to okay. say it's it's leaning one way. Um, okay. but let's see. Bradley Chubb last year as a rookie. Uh, and by the way, I love Bradley Chubb going forward. I uh, was hold on. so skittish of him being an outside linebacker, but I'm 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 digging him. So I was this, living this in might, North Carolina when he played at state. I spent some time up there. This might kill my argument because George Kittle last season put up 608 points. Okay. Oy. Ooh, and they traded that for Bradley Chubb, who had, well, 522 points for Bradley Chubb. Okay, so, you, okay, so you've got Chubb in the 2021 20, first, right? Yes. Mm-hmm. And, and Levi got, Wallace put up 122 points. Hey, Levi Wallace, one more freaking time. Well, I'm just, just trying to get right, the whole so, context. Brett Hundley... <laughs> Brett Hundley's probably a better backup to have than Clay- Clayton Thorson. Oh, my God. Well. Did you just say Brett Hundley? 
Well, so, if oh, Kyler Murray God. gets hurt, Brett Hundley's going to play. I, I can't with you right now. So you, Kittle and what you was can't call what he did. does playing. If well, <laughs> if Carson Wentz gets hurt, it's not going to be Clayton Thorson. Probably it's probably going to be uh, Cody Kessler or uh, oh Jesus, they got Christ, somebody we, else there. But Kittle I could I could be playing there if he gets hurt. <laughs> <laughs> true, what true. Was, what was the two picks with Kittle? Twenty twenty third and twenty twenty fifth. Yes, there you go. See, somebody's paying attention. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm paying it. Oh, so, so Kittle. I'm taking notes. Chubb and the 21st. You know what? I'm taking the Chubb and the 21st all day long. It's a 21 first, I thought. Yeah, it's a 2021. I'm still, I still take it. Still take it. Because of that scoring. Because the 522. Because I mean, Kittle, his 600 and whatever, is that's pretty strong. But Chubb and his 500 and something, that's just the tip of the iceberg for him. We've not seen the best from him. I would expect Kittle to kind of regress just a tad, and I'm a huge Kittle fan. But you give me Chubb and – Because Kittle went to where? (laughs) I ain't even going to answer that. Where did Kittle go to college? No, I'm not answering that. Fuck you, I'm not answering that. I don't. I don't like that school either. I went to Iowa State, so I don't particularly prefer that school either. You know what? You're a douche, tart, Dan. <laughs> it's three. We're up to three, by the way. I'm, I'll keep the counter, the douche, tart counter. See, see Jeff. Um, yeah. So, so Daryl claims to be a Tennessee Volunteer fan. Whoa, whoa, whoa! whoa. But his true allegiance, I believe, is no, no, with no. the Iowa Hawkeyes because. Because Don't you he's dare. always talking about an Iowa Hawkeye. Okay, okay, all the time. I am a Tennessee Vol fan. Let's get that straight. But, but my Iowa love. Who have I been staking the flag for, and how right have I been? I have said Joshua Jackson. I'm right. AJ Espinosa up there. I'm right. Anthony Nelson. So good. I'm right. Don't even, don't even try to turn. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I'll tell you what. I'm going to look at this a little differently. So <laughs> I, I want to know about positional scarcity. So when I see Bradley Chubb in 522 points, it leads me to believe that he is hurting bad at linebacker. So I don't know what's on his roster. I'm a roster construction guy. I, I feel like every trade has to make your team better. Yeah, so right. I would make this deal, and I'm taking the Chubb side if and only if that 522 becomes my second linebacker. And I'm assuming uh, that's if he's his trading Kittle. first linebacker. What's that? Okay. That's his top guy. He had uh Okay. Nigel Bradham with three fifty five. Matt Judon at three seventy six. So okay. You have Sean instantly becomes his top star. Although he did draft Devin White in this draft as well. So. And he's Which probably got my... another tight end. Yeah, he that's has... my uh no, not really. Ooh. So that's another position that's got bad – that's a scarcity issue. So outside the yeah. top three to five, it drops off like a lead weight. Yeah. And uh, so you just really rob Peter to pay Paul. And right. if you're getting Chubb in the first in 2021, if it was a 2020 first, I'd feel a lot better about it because that class is loaded. We don't know enough about 21 just yet to say that it's loaded or not loaded. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I might have just sat on Kittle wrote on Devin White, and uh, tried to make a different deal. And Who was his other the, the title? Thing, uh, nobody of note. 
Nobody um, I'd even think about starting. The, the funny thing is the guy that got Kittle also had Noah Fant on the roster. Oh, wow. 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 You know, and oh, well, actually, here, here they gave up Bradley Chubb, but they also had Tremaine Edmonds and Roquan Smith on the roster. Oh, so. oh, oh, oh. he just got so much better. You just oh, strengthened dude. that guy big time. Wow. You know, I've got to change my opinion on that. Wow. Uh, so he, he got he got Kittle and already had Tremaine Edmonds and Roquan Smith on his team. So he oh, had four. Although you can start up to wow. four. Yeah, so. But- and what I did, and I traded a ton of picks, and I ended up with uh, Luke Keekley, who had scored 665 points last season. Levante David, who scored 562 points. Uh, I ended up getting Morgan Burnett, who I think will be a much better this year. Eric Reed, who had 261 points. I ended up getting Trey Burton who was definitely going to be my best tight end at 294 points. And I don't know. If Melvin Gordon holds out, I'll be really good shape in this league because I have Justin Jackson. So, Sounds like you can uh, maybe trade him to the Melvin Gordon owner for an arm and a leg. I should try that, yeah. Let's yeah. see who has. Uh, I'd be working on that 10 minutes ago. Although I only have Lamar Miller and Theo, actually I have Damian Williams, which hopefully he just hangs on for this year. But yeah, so I I'm going for the ship this year, absolutely. Because uh, if I don't, I'm going to be hurting <laughs> in a couple years when uh, some of these guys are gone. But but anyway, so it sounds like you know I I got to change my. After you started breaking down the rosters, I think I, I got to take the Kittle side because that's just a no-brainer. Yeah, that guy's now got two tight ends he can start. And, and no, like I said, this is thirty-two. I, love and I think we've not seen the best of Chubb yet. Thirty-two teams single copy is yeah, is intense. Uh, you're you're yeah. you're yeah. grasping at straws. And he yeah, just got an elite like, tight end. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oof. Oh. That's wow. That's, that's rough. <laughs> when I saw that rough. trade, I'm like, oh my god. It stings the nostrils. I, you I know, when you first said that, and you and you announced the scoring, you know, Kittle 600 and Chubb 500 something. I was like, you know what? That's not. That's actually not that bad with the picks and whatever. But when you started telling me the rosters, I was like, whoa, 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 back up. Ah, that changed, well, the rosters changed it. Changed that trade for me. Roster evaluation is probably the most important part of any trade. I'll, anyone asks me to evaluate a trade, I always want to know what do the two rosters look like. Yeah, me and Dan ask that anytime they submit trades, yeah. rosters, scoring, whatever. Yep. Uh, that right there was a perfect example because if if he hadn't said anything about the rosters, I'd have probably stayed with the Chubb side because I didn't see the big disadvantage there. Sure. It, it was the rosters that changed that whole dynamic of that trade. We had a couple other trades just sent to us just now um, that we can respond to. They're all offensive trades, so we'll leave that to the Dynasty Trades HQ guys. So so they're offensive? Discuss. They are offensive, yes. (laughs) (laughs) They're offensive, offensive. Thank you. I'll be here all week. 
<laughs> but uh but yeah so we'll leave it at that and um yeah we'll just play the drop because it depends on what side you're on whether or not i'll take that trade you, you wanted to take the trade or not yeah. obviously it was accepted and dealt with that's the one thing about this league is there are some trades i just shake my head at like oh my god i would have given up so much more to get that player Dude, you and... don't know at the stupid offers i get I mean, it's no wonder people that play owners that play IDP are confused because some of the offers that I get, I'm just like, what the hell are you thinking? I mean, it's, it's stupid what I get offered. Well, the thing about it is everybody has different values on different players. And the problem with IDP is you have to look at value in a way that encompasses your scoring your roster settings your starting lineups you know i get that i i understand that and i know there's not a lot of value their guy higher there's not a lot of standard info out there people are confused but some of the offers that i get that stuff doesn't matter because they are so off the freaking wall that it's crazy. Some people, some people have the strategy of let me ball this piece of crap up <laughs> and throw it against the wall and see if it sticks. Some That's people have that mentality. Some people have that strategy of trading is let's just throw a bunch of stuff at the wall and see what somebody will accept. And, and I'll be honest, I have received some offers. I would be ashamed to even offer to another player. Well, Daryl, are they, are they sending them to you on Saturday time. nights during uh, rated IDP live? <laughs> Cause maybe they're just saying, man, this guy's, this guy's feeling it tonight. Let me send some trade offers to him. Hey, you know what? They don't make enough alcohol for some of that shit. <laughs> oh, well, so Daryl transitioning again to your Debbie diamond of the week. What do you got for us? Yeah, so this week's Debbie Diamond, and I know you're all ears, um, is going to be linebacker Malik Harrison of the Ohio State Buckeyes. He's a senior, 6'3", 245, so he has good size. Um, He's a high-impact player who excels as a downhill thumper. I mean, you put him in that role, he is going to give you exactly what you want. Um, He has really good size. Has good speed. I wouldn't say very good or elite speed. Um, he seems to be a little bit tight in the hips or a little bit stiff at times. Um, he's a good blitzer, especially from the inside linebacker position. Um, he's kind of one of those players, his production is tied to volume because he sees so much. Um but I do think he's still a good player. I know, you know, that volume is a is a key thing, but he still produces. Um, however, he does need to improve in coverage. I think that's going to hurt him right now. And from what I've seen, especially the tape against Penn State, he misses way too many tackles. You know, I watched that game from a year ago, and he had 10, 12 tackles, but he could have had upwards of – close to 20 if he did just made the tackles he was missing too many tackles now like i said i'm going to go back and watch a few more games of him uh, i think his potential is there i like what i see i think he's one of the better inside linebackers coming out for the draft this year um what was his name again malik, malik harrison. harrison 
Malik Harrison. Okay, so uh, sorry, I'm just I'm just going on fan tracks, and I'm just going to no, add you're him fine. to and my draft queue. And kind of hard to evaluate players like that because Ohio State is so loaded. You know, Alabama's so loaded. You know, your Georgias are so loaded. Clemson's are so loaded. But even with loaded teams, you can see the potential or the deficiencies of these players. I like what I see of him. I think some of these things can be cleaned up. And that's what I'm going to be looking forward to seeing this year when uh, the season starts. What improvements he makes like Bryce Tuff. You know, we know what his deficiencies are. Dan, we interviewed him, and he agreed. You know, I need to improve on this. This is my weakness. Um, That's what I look for is when you go into that next season, do you actually improve on them? So, you know, I'm really high on Malik Harrison. I think he just needs to improve in coverage and eliminate or reduce some of the missed tackles, and I think he's a top linebacker. There you go, Malik Harrison. Mind if I kick in a little? What's that? Mind if I kick in a little something on Malik Harrison? Sure. So no, go right ahead. This, this kid was a three-star athlete coming out of high school. He was actually a defensive back, and he came in. He was 222. He's only added about six pounds since. He runs at 228 right now. PFF yes, has him graded as the number one, number one returning linebacker in the Big Ten in terms nope. of passer rating. He had no, the no, lowest no. passer I'll rating just... returning. I, I'm, I'm looking at the PFF numbers right now. He has uh, it was a 62.4% uh, passer rating allowed, minimum 200 coverage snaps. That guy's a beast. So uh, I, I just went on the fan tracks, and we have our college uh, fantasy football draft going on, and uh, I'll just drag him down to my draft yeah. queue right here. Right? I, I would. Did we lose And Darryl? guess what, Daryl? I picked before you. Oh, oh no. no. <laughs> Because uh, I'm looking at the draft uh, queue here and uh, the, the, for the, the the schedule, and yeah, Daryl's name is after mine. Boom. No, I, I mean I'm not arguing with Diamond or so ago. He's already drafted in that league, Dan. But that's the best linebacker in the Big Ten right now. Oh yeah, I'm telling you that Dude. that kid led state in tackles and only started one game for them a year ago. Who's that? He's a beast, Micah okay. Parsons. Okay, yes, he was taken. Yes, yeah, he's already drafted. And I'm telling you right now, that kid, as soon as he's eligible for the NFL, first-round pick, probably a top-five first-round pick. I'm and I telling see you, you took uh, AJ. I did. With your hey, last pick. don't get me started on AJ. That dude's going to be a freaking beast. Oh, yeah. yeah Anthony Nelson was good for Iowa, but he can't hold a candle to AJ. Yeah. AJ is going to be twice as good as Anthony Nelson. And speaking of uh, Jeff, you know, he's an Iowa State fan. We week or two weeks ago, Dan? Yes. Marcel Spears, linebacker. That's true. He's for right. Iowa State, that Iowa dude right State. there, that's another one that's going to be a beast. There you go. Yeah. All sorts of Debbie Diamond goodness. Um, yeah. And real Let's quick. turn this into a Debbie show. Um, well, it's going there a little bit. Uh, our yeah, buddy Eric here. I'm ready to rock. He roped us into a college fantasy football with IDP leagues. So this <laughs> is my first one with IDP. I've done some offensive ones a few years back. Um, but, yeah, it's been fun so far. And um, getting used to the you fan track stuff because I'm not a big uh, fan track guy. I don't know guy, if but... Jeff plays a lot of Divi IDP. 
None, actually. I haven't played any Debbie, to be honest with you. I usually get too tied up in all my Dynasty Leagues. You know, I did too, and I got, I guess it was two years ago, I kind of ventured into this. It is so amazing how much this, even if you don't know what you're doing, just just join a league and watch where people are drafting these guys. It will help you so much in just your regular IDP dynasty. It is crazy. It is See, I joined crazy. In, I joined an IDP Debbie league, and I just asked Daryl for players that I should draft. He does. He wears me <laughs> out. He's like, hey, shit, I say, hey, Daryl, who league. should I draft here? Although I'm I did, like, I did, no, I did, man. I did my own scouting in the one league, and I drafted uh, Justin Flo, who's going to be who's a high school wow. player who's That's... going to be committed to USC. So mm. there's no, Dan's really high school Debbie the high school. here for you. Dan's dropping yeah. the high school knowledge, going deep. I mean, I, I went to two eighth grade games you know, last Thursday, but it was just spring practices. And you things. know, Dan had, Dan had the best one. <laughs> Dan had the best one. He's like in some kind of Devi IDP league, and he's like, you know what? I'm going to draft my son. I was like, that's the greatest yeah. freaking thing I've ever heard, dude. I mean, we got 25 <laughs> Debbie players. I could just, you know, throw my son on there and, you know. Heck yeah. Yeah. Yeah, but why it, not? You know, people, better people step his game up. Realize. Yeah. Yeah, man, I'm gonna be hard on him. He, he better get cracking at that practices. Two days. Start I've heard tomorrow. so many people say that IDP is a niche fantasy game. It's not. If you're an IDP community, it's not. These guys, these owners, they are more passionate, more devoted, and more serious about that game than anything fantasy can redraft offensive only they can't hold a candle to idp when it's a true league i'm telling yep i'll agree with that and, and uh daryl i just shared a little something with you on on the twitter verse oh, i just awesome. I, I had to had to send a little something to you so you can just go oh, ahead and wow. check your mentions there i got your boy <laughs> <laughs> Oh wow! Scared to look. <laughs> no, no, no! It's all good stuff, man. It's validating, uh, you know, your awesome. your your Malik Harrison love, and uh, no, it's uh, I think he's a stud. Not to go back, but I just I found that and had to share oh, it with you. Time. You know what? And a lot of people they kind of I don't know how you feel about it, but a lot of people kind of they're either PFF pro or they're anti PFF. You know, I can see either side. I really can. But they do have a lot of valuable info, and, and I kind of lean to the pro side with them. Yeah, I'm actually a PFF believer. I mean, I've, I've got the elite subscription. I'm that guy. Um, you know, I, I think the data, because these guys do watch every snap, and I know of enough people who have been evaluators for them, right. and they're some of the sharpest football people I've ever seen or heard of. Yeah. And uh, I know how hard it is to get in there. So with the way they grade and with how you know uh, strict they are with who they bring in, I right. feel like it's data I can trust. And right. if I need to reference it or fall back on it, I don't feel like I'm making a bad decision. Right. So, and that's, you know, but it is a data, it's film meets data. And so you're not making the yeah. film grinders happy. You're not making the data guys happy. The, the two ends are pissed, but everyone in the middle is usually pretty thrilled with, uh, with what they're doing. 
And that's a good segue for if maybe you want to become one of those. Uh, we have a word from the Scouting Academy that I almost forgot about today. Scout NFL football like a pro. Invest in yourself and get a degree in player evaluation and assessment from the Scouting Academy. They've educated NFL GMs, personnel directors, and dozens of NFL scouts. Enroll today and you'll watch the same game tape NFL coaches watch. You'll learn to look past the metrics with position-by-position analysis. This is a time-tested curriculum, a chance to learn from the NFL execs and coaches. Sign up today and get a Dynasty Football Factory exclusive discount for limited time only. Save $50 when you sign up at DynastyFootballFactory.com. And you can go there and sign up for the Scouting Academy to get a little better at scouting. Uh, maybe you two can go join a uh, film-watching website and uh, make it big in scouting in one field or another. Um, we had talked about, you know, if I had more time on my hands, that would be something I would love to do. Yeah, uh, but Unfortunately, time is just fleeting for me (laughs) mostly speaking of time being fleeting uh we've been having a lot of fun here and uh it's about that time um it's funny because jeff asked how long we would normally go on a show and i'm like well you know (laughs) and he said 60 to 90 and i'm like well that's generous because uh, sometimes it's two hours. And, well, we get carried yeah, away sometimes. We, we do get carried away sometimes. We, we, but it's all good because, you know, the IDP world, they they love it. They're clamoring for it. I see it, you know, on yes. Reddit or Twitter or my Facebook page, whatever. There, There's just such a need for this knowledge, and they'll eat up anything we can give them right now. And yep. we will have a couple extra episodes this week. Uh, we have our usual, well, usual for right now, uh, we'll be doing the Souths, the AFC South and the NFC South uh, later this week. And uh, we have some special guests coming on tomorrow, and I'm going to keep the um, tradition, I guess, of not naming our special guests because I jinxed us the one time when our guest had to reschedule with us. So uh, we'll, we'll just leave them, that's a hint, that, that them uh, be uh, named when we talk to you next. Um, but before we hit the outro music and all, uh, Jeff, where can the people find you on Twitter? Where can they find your website? Anything else you want to plug? Yes, fire away. Tell us your uh, favorite color or something. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I uh, I'm an Aquarius. My favorite color is blue. I like I'm long walks on the beach. Well. <laughs> hey, Aquarius and blue here as well. So That's, I I knew I'm not I like beach you, person though. I'm not a beach person though. So. Oh man, I, I love the sand. It gets everywhere. Um, <laughs> That's the reason I hate. So, <laughs> <laughs> so feel free to find me on the, on the Twitterverse. Okay, it's at NFL underscore DiMatteo, and DiMatteo is D-I-M-A-T-T-E-O. Uh, you can find the site, gridironratings.com. Uh, you know, check some things out, hit the chat link. You know, it'll go ahead and uh, send a message right to my phone. If I can't get to you in that moment, I promise I will respond. Uh, that's really all I've got. I'm just really excited to have been here. I really enjoyed my time with you guys today. 
Yeah, yeah, it was a lot of fun, and uh, you know, we 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 tried to we, we abolished a show sheet a long time ago, and we uh, well, Daryl <laughs> keeps his little show sheet that he, he makes every week in his handwriting. Oh, uh, uh, really? With the handwriting, really? He has it's, beautiful it's, handwriting. It's I hear pristine. Okay. So. You know what? I didn't, to, I didn't want to do this, but you're both douche stars. You know. <laughs> Does that count as two or one? Because that would put us at five for the show. That's hey, I'm counting as two individual. All right, that's six. We're at six then. We got six douche tarts. Seven. That's seven. I thought he was going show. to hold up a piece of his writing. I thought that's what he was going to do. I'm oh, mad I didn't get a writing sample. I've just been hearing all of this okay. you know, secondhand okay. love. All right. I'll show you. Hang on just a second. Dan, I freaking hate your guts, you piece of I'm complimenting. I am not being sarcastic in the least. It is very uh, pristine, proper, neat handwriting. Much neater than mine. It's a family show. (laughs) Whatever. So I don't know if you guys can see this. My handwriting's god-awful, so. It's for the show. Let me see here. Oh, it's a little blurry. Oh, there it is. Oh, wow, that is beautiful. Yeah. Dang. See, (laughs) I wasn't lying here. That's like... That's like, that's like like, thirteen year old girl. Nice, like that's really good. Like you won a penmanship award. Like that's, I'm, like you know what you're blown doing. away, impressed. <laughs> too much. I think we're all getting a little punched. Dan, you're so gonna pay for this, Dan. <laughs> <laughs> You know, Daryl, it is not a week on this show if I am not thoroughly oh, busting I... your chops. Oh, it just isn't the same if I am busting not just... my <sighs> If I am not doing that, I and must goes, be sick. As Jeff said, we have, went, we have went full circle because this explains why I hate you so much. And, and we, we we had a nice uh, we were probably talking for 45 minutes before the show even kicked off so uh it was a nice conversation uh just a really good dude thanks for coming on and uh chatting with us and uh we will continue to add to our vocabulary after today and, uh, <laughs> thanks to daryl daryl's got a million names for me none of them dan normally but um, that'll about do it um, <laughs> here. So check us out later this week. We'll have a lot of shows dropping here while while I'm on um, summer break. You know, I, I don't have much else to do. Just keeping Daryl busy. But uh, go Hawks! Tighten up and good night. Now we are out. We will see you guys probably tomorrow. Tomorrow? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Probably Tuesday, Wednesday. Yeah, something something yes, sir. Someday this week. Take care, everybody. Thanks. See ya.